Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen... I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Oh, do you know what? I'm not. I'm. I'm going to stop the intro right now. How am I owning this? You need to introduce this one. You must have been waiting so long for this. This is oh. your dream podcast. Go on, go on, go on, Harrison. You step up. You step up. Oh God, I feel so Big much breath. pressure. All, I feel so much Come pressure on. already just because of who we've got on today. <laughs> It's like Come I don't know. I don't intro. know how to do it. Do, do I do it big? Do I go sultry? Yeah. Do we do? Do we like, do we hit some romantic music? And then it's like, do I do I go a bit Barry White? Is it like, ladies and gentlemen? You got you got all sultry when when you spoke about Arnold Allen's back with Arnold. So <laughs> with today's guest, I, I think go big. Go big. Go big. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, coming at you right now, it's an interview with the one and only Hangman, Dan the Hangman Hooker. I don't know whether I was doing slightly Ace Ventura meets Bruce Buffer. I don't quite know what that was. Was that was that all right? Yeah, I thought it worked. I'm not going to say it sounded Welsh. I love, I love the fact that <laughs> I love the fact that the listeners are now uh, commenting as well about your impressions to Sam Welsh. <laughs> fucking hell! I can't believe you started that as a fucking trend. Oh, That'll be on. We'll be doing merch uh, regarding Blake's Welsh accent soon. Oh, um, oh yeah, I mean we should mention that we've got merchandise now, and uh, yeah, if you go over and follow us on the socials, you'll see the links. Uh, it's at buy my. I should know the. You should know the address really for that. Should me. It's on all our socials. So go and uh, check that. out. You can get yourself some podcast merch now. Anyway, that's not what you're here for today. No, we're here for one thing and one thing only. The dreamboat that is Dan Hooker. That's why we're here, guys. I mean, we've got a great chat coming up with him now. Um, we're going to ask him all sorts of, uh, of brilliant questions about, you know, the usual stuff about how he got into MMA and his, his, his kind of mindset, what drives him. But also about the London card where he takes on Arnold Allen in the co-main event uh, at UFC London on March 19th. Uh, and I think that is going to be an absolutely cracking fight as much as i like both of them and i'd rather they they didn't fight at all and just just hugged it out but uh you know these guys got to fight they got to make some money and it's a shame that one of them's gonna have to lose i guess but uh Mm. but you know two absolutely great guys and dan hooker what a legend 
What a legend. He's in so many great fights. He's been in incredible fights. Oh, should we just get on with it? Absolutely. Go on. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Dan the Hangman Hooker. Mate, do you know much about this Nord VPN stuff I keep hearing podcasters talking about? Yeah, so uh, it's like cybersecurity stuff keeps all your private information and data away from hackers and cyber snoops and all that stuff. However, what I think the best thing about it is, is if you subscribe to streaming platforms and things over in the UK, then you, when you go abroad, things that you normally wouldn't be able to still access, you can flick your location back to the UK, no matter where you are in the world, and still watch all those things that you love. For example, the UFC. You know, so many times you go abroad and you can't watch the UFC on the streaming platform that you're subscribed to. But now you flick your location over to the UK, no matter where you are in the world, and you won't miss the fights and you'll catch all the action. Does that work the other way, though? So if I want to watch, I don't know, Netflix in America or Australia or something like that, does it work that way? I like your thinking there, Stu Whiffin. Very cheeky. Yes, it does. So if you want to watch something that's only on the uh, American Netflix or American Amazon Prime or whatever it is, you can still watch that. If you flick your location over to America, you'll be able to watch that even though you're in the UK. Sign me up. If, uh, If only you had some kind of exclusive deal for me, Blake. Yeah, well, I might have you covered here, Stu Whiffin. Because if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash MMA fan or use the code MMA fan, you can get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus one month free and a bonus gift. And the best thing about it all is it's totally risk free because they do a 30 day money back guarantee. Tell me that address again. What is it? nordvpn.com forward slash mma fan or you can go to their site and use the code mma fan to get your big discount and the great thing about it is you can use it on up to six devices as well brilliant you're completely covered sign me up dan hooker hey how's it going <laughs> oh, first time all right all right I'm a terrible actor, boys. I'm a terrible actor. Yeah. But, uh, how's it going? Nah, I'm well. Really good. No, it's all right. Everyone knows about the fake hello. Don't worry. It's no, it's no secret. <laughs> we're, we're not professional enough to keep that stuff a secret. So uh, it's all good. Mate, thanks so much for, for, for coming on the show. Um, if you're right, we'll just um, we'll try and take you right back, if that's all right, to kind of how things started uh, for you in, in MMA. And I, I kind of want to ask you, like, when you were a kid, were you were you always all right with confrontation? Was that ever something that that really bothered you? Were you all right with that, or, or did you get those kind of like those butterflies and that nervous feeling with with confrontation, like most of us normal people do? <laughs> um, no, nah, like I'd always been. It always kind of just been something that I was okay with, you know. Like it it, it kicks off, and I just get a bit of a smirk on my face and just start swinging like it's not <laughs> it wasn't yeah but like people people always say that like you know oh did you get in fights growing up and younger and heaps of conflict and the honest answer is not more like yeah i did but like not more than anyone else i was hanging out with i just think it's a it's like a natural part of like a boy's growth is to start you know giving each other a bit of shit or something kicks off and it's like everyone's got their 
everyone's like trying to establish like a bit of a pecking order when you're like a teenager growing up, especially here in New Zealand, where it's like quite a physical, um, quite a physical culture. Like everyone plays rugby and contact sports yeah. and having a bit of a fight's like not like a big deal. So yeah, like I did get in fights, but not not any more fights than any of my other mates. It's just kind of um, they grew out of it. And I didn't grow out of it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, at what point did that kind of scrapping end up with you finding your way into a a, a, a kickboxing gym? Not till I was um, eighteen. So I was and wasn't until I turned eighteen, like finished school, and because all all through school, you know, you just um, like I play rugby league, play rugby, and then so you kind of get that that fix of your aggression in, in those sports. But then once you finish school and you got no rugby team to kind of play with anymore, it's kind of, yeah, just naturally looking for something else. Um, and then just followed a friend of mine, a friend of mine. I went along to his first fight when I watched his first fight and he just knocked this guy out. And I think it was like 20 seconds or something like that. All our mates went nuts, like crowd erupted. And you just feel that like level of excitement that you haven't felt and it's not like it's not the same as like you're winning a game of rugby and you're just like yeah cool like when you when you see a mate knock someone out you're just like whoa like that was sick I was just like man I want I want that feeling I want to give I want to give the people around me like that feeling of excitement so yeah like I, I guess just my progression was pretty quick in the sport just because I walked in the gym and it was just like how do I knock people out and make crowds go nuts so it's not like i walked in the gym and i was just like oh yeah we'll see i want to learn a couple of techniques and self-defense and we'll see how this goes i was just like nah i want to want to fight i want to compete so yeah that's why it was only like six months after i walked in the gym that i was that i was um fighting so it, it just happened come around pretty quick yeah i got that same feeling watching shane ritchie give his danny zuko in greece which is why, you know, I was like, just so big into my musical <laughs> theatre and got such a buzz off of that. Um, so we, I think we've got had same very, thing. yeah, yeah, same, exactly the same thing. You know, we're, we're coming exactly at it from slightly same. different angles, but very, very similar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the big things that's made you such a um, a fan favourite, and and as I think globally, everyone in MMA, you really, um, I think, captured a lot of fans. Um, Hearts, if, if if I can say that, really, just particularly around the uh, the Michael Charles. MMA fans don't MMA fans don't have hearts. We MMA do, we hearts. do. That's they're just they're That's just it. smaller than they're <laughs> no, smaller no, than no. average. They're like the t- to continue <laughs> the musical reference. They're like the I Tin Man in the Wizard of Oz. Um, the um, but no, but during that 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 time with the um, the the pandemic, particularly the way that that New Zealand have been and how everything was so uh, strict and locked down. And you had such a long period of time and um, in quarantine, and we saw those images of you kind of with like, a fence separating you from like your your wife and daughter and stuff like that. How how difficult was was that moment in time for you when you were in quarantine for so long, knowing that you're you're not allowed to see family and all that kind of stuff for for such a long period of time. Oh, like the quarantine actually sucks. Like being away is um, being away from your family is like always tough. 
but it's kind of like you you're doing it for them so it's a bit of a um it's a bit of a double-edged sword it's like what do you do like pack us pack a happy stay at home and be like no i want to stay at home with my you know family on the couch and then stay at home with your family on the couch and then you know you your daughter grows up one day and she's like, dad, why can't you afford to send me to university? And it's like, oh, cause I wanted to hang out with you. It's like, well, <laughs> it's two sides to it, right? Like yeah. if I go away and fight, then I have uh, money to give my family a better life. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. So they definitely understand it, which was cool. Um, just the actual sitting in the quarantine hotels is pretty, pretty terrible. But yeah, it's like, I don't know, complaining about something you signed up for. You you knew what you were getting into. You you signed up for it. You These are the terms you agreed to. I'm not going to sit there and, and cry about it. It just is what it is. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. And, and, and you've signed up and you've, you, you've thought that the biggest and the best, Dan. And, and so I'm going to ask you two questions uh, around that. I want to know how you deal with the mental pressure of of fighting and, and fighting, you know, huge names in the sport. Uh, and also I want to know what your routine is. If you're happy to talk about it, your routine in that room, just before you get the shout that you're walking out, like what, what is your little routine? Do you, have you got a routine like then moments before you walk out into the octagon and everyone sees you? Um, no, like real routine like that. That's kind of, um, 
like that moment in itself is like a bit surreal. You've just run, you've run through that moment. Like obviously, like mental preparation is like a huge part of it. You do that in the weeks and months, like leading up to the fight, where you just kind of build up to it and you, you anticipate that that feeling, um, and you run through everything on the walkout. So it's just when you're actually doing it, it's a bit surreal. You're just like, man, this is this is actually it. But yeah, I would say I, I'll run through that. A million times like in my head like that's why uh at our gym we do a workout called like a spider workout and it's um at the time we fight and it's only three five minutes rounds like it's terrible it's like you're getting shark tanked and you're exhausted and everything but it's only three five minute rounds so it's only like 17 minutes from start to finish but you get to treat that workout it's the only workout you have on that day so it's like you get to treat that day like fight week so we run through uh, fight day or fight day eight, nine, ten times before we actually come to it. So I feel um, just that process is, is down hash. So it's not like this huge deal once you finally get there and it's time to walk and it's time to get going just because we've run through it every single week, eight times. Um, so practice it. That's that's the real key to, to um being able to mentally cope with that is, is like like you train anything else. Like you go for a run to get fitter, to strengthen your lungs. Like well, you do some boxing, so your hands are sharper. You 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 actually have to practice it if you want to be mentally prepared. And when in, in kind of relation to that, that's that's kind of like going into the fight. How is it walking out for that fifth round when you know that the last fight, it's all down to the last five minutes. I think back to like your, your fight with, with Dustin Poirier, your fight with Paul Felder, where you're like, this is a close fight. It's been a war for 20 minutes and you know you've got five minutes more of that. I mean, are you just checking out the other guy going, oh God, he doesn't look as tired as I feel? Or are you kind of just, are you just meant, what's that inner monologue like to know that it's all down to this next five minutes and I've already put my body through a lot? Uh, like there's always the, the battle of the two voices in your head. Like that, that never goes away. No matter how fit you get, no matter how the fight goes, like that battle is always there. Like there's always two sides to it. Like one guy just being like, yeah, come on, man. Like, and then the other voice in your head just being like, ah, shit, here we go. And they argue. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm so, I've been in that position so many times and I'm like, so aware of those two voices where I can kind of sit back and just I even like watch them argue sometimes and laugh about it, you know, because they're, oh man, this sucks. Like, and then the other one's just like, shut up, time to pony up, bitch, let's get out there. And so it's, it's funny, like when you go back and you watch the fights and people are just like, man, you're so tough and you're watching it and you're thinking, man, I was thinking up my head, like, fuck me days. I wish this was, you know, like, <laughs> like what you're actually doing and what you're thinking are two entirely different things. Like you're standing there like, eating punches, trading with me, you're just like, man, I can't wait till, you know, I can eat some ice cream and sit on the couch. This sucks. (laughs) In your head, you're just swinging and going for it, you know? So, yeah, I think if I had to nail it down to a sentence, it would just be like, that's fifth round, exhausted. It's just time to pony up, bitch. It's just time to just (laughs) get on their horse and start riding. Dan, you, you seem like you're one of the most chilled people we've ever had on this show. Does anything actually bother you? Or are you pretty chilled about everything? Not, not much. Yeah, that's a that's a common thread. People say, um, 
nothing really nothing really does like it's all um i don't know you just everything everything is everything is just outlook for me like it's just your your perspective of the situation like oh because oh, i got uh like a mental performance coach david neef here in new zealand and working with him and he told me you know you should because you're always trying to improve it like no one can be like being just mentally tough and only thinking like like that's not that's not good like everything has to be balanced but he's like go and like read books of other people and just um just to understand people's different mental approaches so i i read the uh david goggins book and don't get me wrong like he's the absolute he's an absolute weapon and inspires so many people and he does some crazy stuff but i was like listening to his uh book because i actually can't read i was like listening to his audio book and it's just his outlook is just like yeah everything sucks like just yeah shit just enjoy the suck enjoy the suck and it's just not how i do it like when things get like terrible or they get hard or you get in a bad situation, I kind of just sit back and laugh and I'm just like, <laughs> like, could this get any worse? Like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, and you're just away with it. Like, I don't, I just don't take things as like, like bad things as like complete negatives. They just don't like, you look, you just look for the good in it. Oh, I just see the, I would say I just see the funny side and everything. Like, some of my favorite, I, 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 and, find humor in some of just the absolute strangest places like like the hardest wrestling session or the longest sparring session where everyone's like exhausted and then you just like look around and you look at everyone's faces and they're so funny like you look around and people are just like like making 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 the funniest noise they got like dribble coming out of their faces and they're just like or like Someone gets like someone gets like hell of a body shot, and you're like, I'll, I'll take note. Like, I, I record like um, like mentally record people's noises when they get like hell of a body shot, and they're like, oh. and I'll go up to them after the class, and I just go, oh. like, just it's funny to me. Like, it's just it's, I don't take it as like a big stressful negative thing. It's just that's it's just humorous to me. What about it on some of these sort of like huge moments that you've been involved with? Um, and you've had every right to have been in, in them moments. You, you know, you've earned every fight that, you know, that you found yourself in. But do you ever get, and we like to ask fighters this, Dan, do you ever get like imposter syndrome? Like that, that fuck me, this, look at where I am. This is mad. Like, do you ever sort of get that moment and just think, this is crazy. Look where I am. Well, like, yeah, for, for, um, for like a moment. I, I would say that's something that I don't do that much or I should do more is like just actually reflect. Like I'm quite a, quite a, like an impulsive person. Like I jump on things straight away and I, I find it harder to say no to things than to, to actually do things. And, but I definitely feel I've earned every place I've been in. So there's no real, um, wow, like this is, and I've never, I never feel like I'm in over my head. Like that's, that's yeah. never, that's never a position that I've been in. It's like, man, I've been in the gym every day since I was a teenager. Like I'll, I'll, if I'm not good at this, well then, you know, fuck me days. I'm not good at anything. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> you know, I'd rather, I, I, if I'm going to, if I'm going to compete against anyone, 
at anything, it's going to be a fist fight. You know, like that's yeah. that's what you do best at. It's like I'm not. Oh, if I was in a scrabble match of uh, the, kid, <laughs> the kid down the road, I'd be like, "What am I doing here? Like, why did I agree to this? This is the worst." You know, but having a fight with someone, I'm just like, "Well, I can handle. It. If you can't do this, you can't do anything." <laughs> well, let's get on to your big fight coming up. You're fighting Arnold Adam at, uh, at UFC London. Um, we did have Arnold on the show the other day. We haven't released that episode yet, but we uh, we had him on the show. And he did say one thing. He said that um, his nan thinks it's really unfair that you're so tall. Uh, so I was wondering, <laughs> if there, is there anything you can do to kind of alleviate Nana Allen's worries? Could you maybe crouch at the wa- at the weigh-ins, at the face-off or anything like that? Is there I anything might, you can do to I make might, him feel better? Yeah, I might have to. Oh, he's not that much. He's not that much shorter than me, I don't think. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I feel, I feel for uh, Nana Allen. Nana Allen's in... in She's in for it. We all we all have uh, we all have mothers. We all have grandmothers. They all I think they all look at it the exact same way. They're just like, oh man, he's got pretty big muscles. Like, are you sure you want to fight that bloke? Like, yeah, man, <laughs> man it's gonna be all right. Well, anyway, I mean. It seems like there's lots of sort of mutual respect between you both, uh, and 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 I read the other day that you said you you know you both have you know solid technical ability, but you both also like to to bite down and swing, you know, if, if it comes to that. So, like, what are you expecting from Arnold, Dan? Uh, oh man, I'm expecting a, a tough fight, like hands down for sure. Like he definitely deserves, um, like the place he's in, the ranking he's in, like where he's going, and I'm sure like after this fight regardless of the result like he'll he'll just carry on to do big things for sure very talented young man so yeah the respect comes because he's he's earned it and he's shown it as well and that's just the way that i am if someone i'll never like go out of my way to like to just disrespect someone over um over nothing or or this i never like just disrespect someone for attention or something like that like until yeah, yeah, yeah. he would until he would do something to disrespect like then it's on like i'm happy with conflict like I, i'm of most people i know like i thrive in conflict like i'm i'm okay with everyone being in a room and everyone hating you like that is it's a strange thing but i'm okay i'm okay with that feeling like that feeling doesn't really piss me off or threaten me in any kind of way so but he's been re- he's been respectful he's like a respectful guy like there's no there's no need to, to like manufacture anything Absolutely. i feel like i feel like the fans the true fans like watching it would just think we're just a couple of dickheads if we just started just talking <laughs> shit about nothing you know they'd just be like oh like what are they trying to do like this is a bit this is a bit silly yeah. Well, I think the fans are incredibly excited about this fight. And when I heard it was announced, I was thinking that it might be the main event. I mean, at the time, Tom Aspinall was booked to fight Abdurakahimov. And uh, when we spoke to Arnold, he said that he wasn't sure whether it was going to be a main event or not at one stage because um, he, they wouldn't give him an answer or whether it was going to be three rounds or five rounds. Now, with everything that's going on in the world at the moment, one of the things that I've heard, not fully confirmed yet, I don't think, but, but one of the things I've heard is that UK are potentially banning Russian athletes from coming to the UK with everything that's going on between Russia and the Ukraine, which would mean that Alexander Volkov wouldn't make it to the UK, in which case 
would it be possible that you guys would be the main event? And if that was the case, would you be up for five rounds? <gasps> yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. I love that you took it such a long like... drink. Such a long drink. And I was like, oh my God, have we stumbled on something actually happening? He's taking a drink. What's going on? And then you're like, oh, Shakara. <laughs> five rounds. Ooh, so scared of five rounds. Fuck <laughs> 25, take the time of it off. Like, oh, I couldn't give a shit. Brilliant. Well, that's great to know. <laughs> well, one one of the things is uh, in that weight class, Dan. If you get a win over Arnold, um, potentially another win. The champ is your mate. Has that conversation, that what if conversation, ever happened between you and Volk? Um, nah, nah. Like we're we're like in the same boat. Like cross that bridge when we come to it. There's no real. There's no point. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh man, if you. In one year's time, when you beat him and he backflips over yeah, the sky, yeah, and like fuck, there's a there's a bit of fighting to go before we even cross that bridge, you know. Like, so it's, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, you know. And I, yeah, it'll be funny, just winding <laughs> him up. <laughs> what, what do you do just for- while, while I get paid to wind my mate up? Like that's <laughs> that, that would just be the best. There'd be quite the height difference there as well, I'd imagine, which I'm assuming you could go to the world to for, for winding him up. It would. That's a that's low hanging fruit. That's we'll low. Take that. Well, that's what we'll I. That. Good, I'm good at the cheap low hanging fruit gags. That's the. Uh, there's no oh, high, no highbrow stuff coming around. I didn't say I wasn't going to do. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Oh, so what, what do you want to what do you do you want to do anything when you get to london is there other than win obviously is there is there anything you want to tick off the list because i mean also did i hear that you you didn't realize it was in london you thought the fight might be in vegas when you accepted the fight and then you're like oh oh shit it's in london <laughs> yo i i didn't i was in quarantine in new zealand like i just touched down back in new zealand i was in like a quarantine facility and i was like two days into that and then, yeah, Sean just asked me, hey, you want to buy Arnold Allen on the state? And I was just like, yeah, cool. And then tell my coaches and that, and they're like, oh, the, uh, the London card. And I was just like, oh, they've done it again. You know, <laughs> they got me. <laughs> they got me. Because I just I just assumed, like, every other card uh, in the last couple of years has been, <laughs> has been stateside. But, like, 
once they sat and thought about it, I was like, man, that's cool. And it gets announced and you're getting so many UK fans like messaging you and just being like, man, like we're pumped to see you come over here and, and fight in the flesh. And so it's cool, man. And I'm, I, I haven't been over, um, I haven't been over to the UK before. So it's like my first trip out there and I'm just, I'm just excited, man. I'm just excited to, to see somewhere new to put on a show for, for, people that haven't seen you fight live before um i'm just excited man i'm excited to get on that plane next week and get over there lovely Uh, what what do you what do you do for fun outside of mma dan what's your kind of like your go-to thing to to relax chill out outside of mma Uh, No, I'm not really good at anything else. Um, like <laughs> stupid shit. Like, hey, like go to the beach. Like, I'm just gonna be sitting here saying like generic stuff. Like, yeah, stuff everyone likes to do. Like, I'll I'll go watch a movie every now and then. I'll go, but nothing like nothing really boils my blood like a good old fist fight. You know what I mean? Well, can I ask you if you had a chance to have uh, a, a fight with? Uh, a fighter that's no longer fighting anyone from the past, who would you have liked to have fought? Mm. I think, I think Khabib, I think just to, yeah, just really? to fight him. I think that would be, that would be fun. How do you think you would have fared? Uh, we would have a fight. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a preconceived idea of how things go. Is that is that part? There's of... Only one way. Like there's only one way. Like one guy says one thing, the other guy says another thing. Like who cares? Is uh, but once you have the fight, that's the that's the true truth revealer. Is is that part of one of your strengths? Do you think that you're you're not thinking too much into the future? You do seem like someone that's very kind of like to use that phrase that's used a lot, like in the moment. And is that something you could you can do within a fight, or is there a lot of game planning that goes on that you have to get your head into as well? Uh, that's like all my coaches' stuff. Like they like draw that into me, and they that's like that's the that's the beauty of being the fighters that you you're like free from all that side of things. Like they run the drills and the game plan and do the study and things like that and you just show up to the gym and, and just give it everything you know but yeah like it's like anything what same things that make you strong make you weak you know same things that that your vulnerabilities are, are also straight so there's always two sides to the coin like very impulsive too impulsive like it gets me it gets me good things and it gets me bad things you know you take fights that some some say you shouldn't be taken at the wrong times or when things aren't right. But yeah, I I, I live my life with it's like really what it comes down to. Like every every that crosses my path I take. Like that's just if you're if you're fit, healthy, young, like I take I take like nothing for granted in this sport. I take no um yeah, I take nothing, nothing for granted. Like uh, I'm, I'm healthy. Why would I not take this fight? Because I want to hang out with my friends.
friends and family for a little bit longer. It's just like, man, you just anything could happen. Imagine if you imagine if you turned your this fight down, uh, started training, tore your ACL, like had to have a year off. Like anything can happen in this sport. It's just like while you're young, fit, healthy, just take the fights, just take the opportunities, and and just give it everything. You you mentioned that uh, you know your coaches deal with a game plan and and you then you also mentioned that you can be quite impulsive. So when you're fighting on these huge, you know, a, a, you know, in these huge stadiums and arenas, and you hear the roar of the crowd, does game plan ever go out the window and you get lost and caught in that sort of moment of the crowd, you know, getting behind a, a shot or or a takedown or something? Can that ever kind of catch you and uh, and you get caught up in the kind of hysteria of the moment? All the time, all the time. I drive my coaches absolutely batshit crazy on tour. But... <laughs> I drive them off the wall. Like, yeah, 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 without a doubt. And Dan, we know, like, we, we'll, we'll let you go in a second if that's all right. We know we're taking up a lot of your time, but I just wanted to know you were talking about like um, taking opportunities while they're there and stuff. Do you, do you have a plan for when you retire? When 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 things are done with a career, do you, do you have a plan for that? Or again, are you just going to see what happens when, when you get there? Uh, like I'll, I'll fight until my health doesn't allow me to. Like I can say whatever I want to say. Like people, oh, but you said you're oh, retire, retire. Like I've retired, like I've retired like 10 times. I just feel like, no, I'm throwing my toys out of the car. Like I'm done. This is it. Like, this is it. And then like, I'm at the stand in the gym the Monday morning, just like, oh, well, guess that's, guess that's over. Like I've retired 10 times for about a day and a half. Like that, just the, just the itch. Like it's until that, that fire stops burning. Like, and it, it just continually comes back. You know, like you, you fight, it's over with. You're just like, sweet. Like you put that fire out and then it starts like picking up and then there's a bit of smoke and a little flame, and then it gets bigger, and you're just like, yeah, I need to fight someone, I need to fight someone, and it keeps bigger. And I don't think, well, I pretty much know you like that. That feeling will never go away. So it's just, I'm in for the, I'm a lifer. You know what I mean? Like, I can't walk away like some of these other guys can. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to have to, they're just going to have to drag me out of the sport. There's no, <laughs> there's no way I'm getting out of here by choice. Do you, do you ever have any oh. concerns though? With like, do you watch like like what happened with Evander Holyfield a while back and stuff like that, and just go, there are some lessons to be learned from people that just just either stay in it for too long or they leave and then they keep returning. There's obviously, in terms of your health and all that stuff, there's there's lessons to be learned there. Do you, do you ever look to that and go, oh, I probably shouldn't do that though. Oh, there's like different um, lessons, and like that's what I'm saying. Like you'll you'll walk away when your health lets you no no longer compete, and whether that's concussions or head trauma or anything like that, like all of that is taken care of, all of that's like monitored and things like that. But yeah, they make a they make a very big deal about um, like head trauma. Like I feel absolutely amazing, you know. Like you you take the time to recover from those tough wars and things like that, and do the best and take the right vitamins and things like that. Um, but yeah, I guess people watch like one Will Smith movie and they just like think that you hit a soccer ball too hard and you're just going to end up, you know, 
like crispy wire or something. It's like relax. Like it's not you're not made of glass. You're not made out of paper mache. Like you can take some. <laughs> every every individual every every individual is different. Absolutely, absolutely. Dan, we can't wait to see you in London, man. Um, we're gonna be we're both gonna be at the show and uh, and. Yeah, mate, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere, and you know the UK fans love you as well, man. And uh, man. yeah, can't wait to see you. And uh, yeah, best of luck with the weight cut and the training, man. Hope it's all going well, and uh, look you. forward to seeing you at the O2, brother. Thank you very much. Now I cannot wait to get over there and put on a show. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> oh, cheers, Dan. Love it, mate. I mean, look, uh, we we love Arnold Allen as well. So if you two just hug in the middle of the octagon. <laughs> Maybe just go for a drink instead of fight. I'd actually be okay with that. So yeah. you got to earn, earn your beers. You gotta uh, beers like. Fair enough, mate. Mate, we've really appreciated this. Thank you so much. You're a legend, and we're really looking forward to no watching trouble. you on 19th no of March. Perfect. Thanks, loads, Dan. Thank you, guys. Cheers, Cheers. man. We just spoke to Dan Hooker, Blake Harrison. Oh, I know. It was magic. Uh, I'm, I'm still on the come down. Back in the room, mate. Back, Back in the room. In the room. Focus, focus, professional. What a lovely How's it bloke. been, mate? We'll get to that in a minute. How's it been? Arnold Allen two days ago. <laughs> Arnold the back Allen. And now you've just had Dreamboat Hooker. What's Great. going on in your world? Mate, it's um, my wife's in trouble. That's, you know, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's uh, and both so lovely. But let's focus on Danks. We spoke about Arnold uh, yep. in, in, in our chat with Arnold. But, Unbelievably, I mean, I say this. I feel like I say this about a lot of fighters that seem so chilled out. But Dan Hooker takes that to another level. There's chilled yeah. out, and then there's Dan Hooker chilled out, and such a like funny bloke, just like smiley, funny guy, and what like, the thought of being in uh, being a fly on the wall at City Kickboxing and watching Kai Kara France, Israel Adesanya, sometimes Volkanovski. Uh, 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 Dan Hooker and all of those guys there all just like on a really hard day and then Dan Hooker's just looking around the room at everyone like dying on the floor and he's just giggling to himself just finding it funny (laughs) that's amazing I love it absolutely and yeah I mean total total respect for Arnold as well um, which was very much the case when we spoke to Arnold for Dan as well Um, It's just going to be a tough one, isn't it? I don't want to see anyone lose. No. It's going to be kind of heartbreaking, but I do. I wonder. I wonder if, you know, when we asked him that question about potentially main event in and three rounds, five rounds, he took a really long drink and then he did that little gasp and I'm like, I wonder if we're on something there. I wonder if we were better journalists, we might have been able to get an exclusive. I say better journalists. If we were journalists... Because we're, yeah. we're, we're not terrible journalists. We're not. We're just not journalists. Um, yeah. But uh, the, I wonder if there is something there because that must be floating around. And he did take a long drink, which he didn't do for the rest of the episode. And he did that little gasp. And I wonder if there might be something in it. Nice I wonder one, if clue, there is. So. Look at that. Right, there you go. There you go. So if if it becomes a uh, a main event fight and it's five rounds. I think you heard it here first. That's all I'm all saying. Right. There you go. We got that exclusive. Well done. There you go. Nice one. Cracked it. Um, <laughs> you don't yeah, seem I... like you give a shit. <laughs> nice one. Cracked I was it. Just, Moving on. I was just blown away, like asking him about potentially, you know, fighting the title, you know, fighting for the title against Volk, uh, and he was just looking forward to taking the piss out of him. 
It's like a bit of laugh, wasn't it? <laughs> we had the conversation. Well, not really, but a bit of laugh, wasn't it? You know, I just get paid to wind my mate up. Like, I just thought it was great. Like, yeah, what an absolute dude. Um, well, look, thanks ever so much for listening, people. Um, there's loads more stuff uh, coming your way. If it's not out already regarding the uh, London card, um, if it's not out already, Arnold Allen, uh, we'll be chatting to Arnold as well. That's a great chat, obviously, talking about the fight with Dan. Uh, also, uh, nothing to do with the London card, but obviously we just mentioned Alexander Volkanovsky. You can hear Blake and I having a big chat with with Volk. Um, that was recorded a little while ago as well. And we've had a real who's who of, of, of fighters on the podcast now. We've been so lucky. Um, Michael Bispin, Tyron Woodley, Angela Hill, and the list goes on. And like I say, we're hoping to, uh, by this, by the time you're listening to this, hopefully we would have spoke to a stack of fighters that are on that, that London card, um, most of which have already been on already. So if you want to get some real long-form interviews with the likes of Paddy, Molly, Tom, Paul Craig, uh, they're all there to be enjoyed. And hopefully we get to catch up with them all and talk about the upcoming card in London as well. Yeah, don't forget uh, uh, Jai Herbert and Corey McKenna and Nathaniel Wood as well. If you're if you're kind of looking at, uh, at that London card and maybe you're, you're relatively new to MMA or, or you, you don't know some of those guys that might be on the prelims and stuff like that, you can go back and find out everything you need to know about those fighters as well, like Corey McKenna, as I, as I mentioned, uh, Nathaniel Wood, Jai Herbert and all those guys, as well as the big stars like your Molly McCanns and Paddy Pimblitz, Tom Aspinall's, Paul Craig's and Arnold Allen and, and now Dan Hooker as well. Box ticked, Harrison. It is. We're on all the social medias, uh, all the social media platforms, so go uh, give us a follow on there, a little like, a laugh, a share, a retweet, anything like that. It all helps get the word out about the podcast. And yeah, we'll be back next time. Catch you later, guys. Bye.